Well, <clears throat> as this church will know, I am, I, I'm a cheesy guy who loves Hallmark movies. And, uh, and I weep at them. That's the hard part. Marilyn just looks over and sees tears streaming down my eyes. And, and, and she's, it's the same movies that I watch year in and year out. Uh, and as much as I enjoy the stories in holiday movies, what is most meaningful to me is the old story of Christmas that many read on Christmas Day. And I want to read that story to you right now. I'm going to begin in the Gospel of Luke, and I'm going to be in chapter 2, and I'll read the first 14 verses to you. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he has pleased. This is the word of God. Now, there's the story of a little boy who desperately wanted a bright red Christmas, a wagon for Christmas. And having learned in Sunday school that God answers prayer, he wrote God a letter. And he said, dear God, if I get a red wagon for Christmas, I won't fight with my brother for a whole year. And then he thought, I can't keep that promise. So he threw away the letter and started again and said, dear God, if I get a red wagon for Christmas, I promise I will eat all my vegetables for a year. And then he realized that's not going to happen either. And then he thought, I know I can't keep either promise, but an idea popped into his head. And so he ran downstairs. He took the baby Jesus from the nativity scene in his house, wrapped it in a cloth and hid it in the back of a dark closet. And then he got out another piece of paper and he wrote, Dear God, if you ever want to see your son again, you will send me a red wagon. (laughs) In a recent Washington Post article, it was entitled this, Jesus Stolen Again. And the author of the article wrote, It's the ultimate crime against Christmas stealing baby Jesus from his manger. And this sort of thing happens more often than you think. Some churches now use GPS in their nativity scene. (laughs) But more than a baby from a nativity has been stolen. For many, 
the meaning of Christmas has been stolen. Watch enough holiday movies, and at some point, as I do, most of them are going to express some sort of sadness about the commercialization of Christmas and the meaning that Christmas has, has lost. And in these movies, Christmas is seen as a time of goodwill towards men, except when looking for a parking space, or kindness and generosity towards others, except when looking for a parking space, family gatherings, giving, and caring for those who are less fortunate, which are all good things, but somewhere in all of that, the meaning of Christmas has been stolen. So if this isn't what Christmas is, holiday movies and family gatherings and caring for all those who are less fortunate, if that really isn't the ultimate meaning of Christmas, what does Christmas really mean? Luke 2 helps us to understand, and it begins with a miracle. Mary is pregnant, having miraculously conceived by God's Holy Spirit. She and Joseph make their way to Bethlehem, where Mary gives birth in a manger. And now the first Christmas has arrived. That's why you are here. It's what theologians call the incarnation. God has become one of us. And for the shepherds close by, who are in the fields, it's just another night as they watch their sheep. But in verses 8 and 9, the plot begins to thicken. Suddenly, it's no longer night. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear." Angels appear and the brightness of God's glory just light up the night. Now, if you are a shepherd in a field, this is not your usual evening. Stars, the moon, yeah. Um, The bleeding of sheep, fine. But angels and bright light are not your normal night. And so it makes perfect sense why Luke tells us they were filled with great fear. This This is no ordinary event, but what makes this event so unordinary is that an angel has come from God with good news, as Luke writes here. Verse 10, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. A baby has been born, but not just any baby. On this extraordinary, dark, and cold night, God, in the person of Jesus Christ, came to earth, not as an angel, not as a burning bush, not in a flash of lightning, but in human form as a baby. And he came humbly in a manger. He came without fanfare, and he came for a reason. Now, two questions that I think we should be asking today is, what does Christmas mean And then, what should Christmas personally mean to me? So, first question we ask, what does Christmas mean? Well, verse 10, Luke tells us, And the angel said to them, Fear not, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. You need not fear what Luke is saying. There is nothing I have to say that should be of a terror to you as these men would be. But just the opposite. I have good news of of great joy that should not be bringing great fear. That's unwarranted. If you accept this good news, Luke writes, it will bring to you a joy and a peace that you have never, never known. 
And what is this good news that is meant to bring such great noise? It's a great, great joy. It's the good news that Jesus Christ has come to earth and that this changes everything. Now, what does that mean? It changes everything. Well, in this good news, we learn what Christmas means. And the reason goes back thousands of years before this special night. In the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, the author writes, for God knows that in chapter 3, verse 5, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman Eve saw that it was that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree desired would make one wise, she took the fruit and ate. And she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. And from that moment on, every person like Adam and Eve has tempted to be like God and assert their own authority to, to rule their own lives. They, they we all desire, like Adam and Eve, we all desire to be wise in our own eyes. We all desire to have autonomy, to rule our own lives. We all desire to be at the top. Well, this attempt at autonomy by Adam and Eve and all of humanity shatters everyone's relationship with God. It destroys our ability to live as God intended us to live and to experience the blessings of living in peace with him. But God had a plan to change all of that. It was a perfect plan. It is a perfect plan. Now, my plans don't always work out as I desire. Many years ago, Marilyn and I were on our way we were planning to go on vacation. We lived in Atlanta. We were driving down to St. Petersburg, Florida. And as want, I always make sure that we are up by 5 a.m. so we can be on the road early to get to our vacation spot. And we go in and we wake up the two girls. And I go in to wake up my son. And he's laying in bed holding a stomach, groaning, saying, I don't want to go on vacation. My stomach hurts. And we are there for close to an hour and a half trying to get him to rally, to finally go on vacation. And he does, so we're an hour and a half late, not the beginning of my perfect vacation. And we get in the car, we're driving, we stop at our normal McDonald's for breakfast early in the morning, not as early as I would have liked. And we get to McDonald's, and the first thing my son does is close the car door on the hand of my daughter. And so she's weeping, and of course, you know, she's in pain, and so, so am I, because this is not my perfect vacation. Now, as if, you, if you know Florida at all, when you, when you, in, and this is May, in May there's a time that they call love bugs. Love bugs are two bugs, two big black bugs that hang together, um, and I, I guess they're in love, and, uh, <laughs> and they fly around together. And they fly around not by the hundreds and not by the thousands, but literally by the tens of thousands, if not the millions in my eyes. And, and, and we are... We are driving along, and there are just thousands of love, love bugs hitting the front of the car and the windshield. And I, I use so much washer fluid that the windshield, I ran out of it in Florida. And, and so the, the windshield wiper is just scraping along, and there's this black in front of me. Finally, we get outside of St. Pete, and 
this massive thunderstorm hits, and I turn the windshield wipers on, and the one on the driver's side just goes left and stays there for the rest of the time. So then I'm on the interstate at rush hour traffic in a thunderstorm, soaking wet, trying to fix a windshield. This is my vacation, my perfect plan for my vacation. Thankfully, God's plans always come to pass the way he intended And this is where the good news begins. This is the good news of great joy that Luke talks about here. However, the news that you get today is typically not good news. Whatever social media you use to get news, it's not good. But Christmas, the incarnation, reminds us that something is different. And that that good news is real good news. It's eternal good news. It's promised good news. It is the good news that God in Christ has come to rescue us. In the Old Testament, Isaiah the prophet tells us about this good news. In in chapter 9, he says, For to us a child is born, to us, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Just before Jesus was crucified on the cross, he said this in in the Gospel of John. He said, For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Not plans work out all the time as you want them to. You leave your last sheet of notes sitting in your... (laughs) See? No perfect plan. Exactly. That's what it means to be human. The truth is that Jesus came for is to reveal that God had a plan. And it's Him. The truth is that God came in Christ to live on earth came to live among us and to undo, to undo all of the destruction and consequences caused by our sin. Now, what does Christmas mean? God's plan of good news is revealed to us in Jesus Christ. It means good news for all the people. That's what what Luke writes here. Good news for all the people. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Jesus came as as our Savior to rescue us from the slavery of sin and the destruction of sin in our lives. And Christmas is that fresh reminder of the old story, that, that good news that Jesus has come for everyone. And, and for Christian and non-Christian alike, the same. Christmas is the same. It can be good news. That's what Christmas means. Now, what should Christmas mean to me, to us personally? It should mean, as Luke writes here, fear not for I bring you good news of great joy. It means that we should have great joy because Jesus has come to save us and that we're living in the good of that salvation. That we're experiencing God's goodness through Jesus Christ to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray as the Christmas song goes. Jesus coming offers us all hope. 
It offers us freedom from Satan's power. It offers us freedom from the slavery of sin. It offers us forgiveness and tells us that real joy can be ours, not just at Christmas time, but every day of the year. Real joy that comes from, from knowing God. Now, Luke goes on in 13 and 14. He says, And suddenly there was an with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Christmas also means that we can have peace in this life because Jesus has made peace between God and us by his death on the cross. Christmas has not been stolen. It's still here. It still exists, and the truth of Christmas still exists. And here it's not one angel, but a multitude that is declaring that God is pleased to, be, to bring peace. So if, you're, if you don't have peace, and, and Christmas time, if you watch enough Christmas movies, you will see that most people are running around harried at Christmas. Running around harried, some with heartache, some just frazzled, some just done, just, I, I don't want to go to the mall, and, and they, they just, they've just stopped altogether. That's not the peace that we're looking for. We're looking for peace with God. Peace to those who trust in him and, and accept his offer of salvation. You know, the incarnation or Christmas means that God has solved the problem for us. Through Jesus Christ. The, the debt of our sin has been solved because God has dealt justly with it through Jesus Christ. He solved the problem by sending his own son to be a sacrifice and a payment for our sin so that all that was ruined by our sin can be restored. That's Christmas. That's when we, we read the story. That's what we remember. What a wonderful joy and peace Christmas truly is for those who, who believe in God, for those who understand what this incarnation is really all about. There is a depth of joy and hope to be experienced at Christmas that, that brothers and sisters, my friends, can never be realized apart from having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Never. The good feelings of Christmas, whether it's warm fires or beautifully wrapped presents or family gatherings and acts of kindness, they all have a shelf life. They all run out around the beginning of January when it's the holidays are done and the food is eaten and it's just flat out cold. It has a shelf life. The good feelings of Christmas are temporary to those who do not have a relationship with Christ, to those who aren't assured of their eternal future, who aren't assured that they've been forgiven by God. But the promise of God is that this good news of great joy, Luke tells us here, is for all the people. And for those of us who are Christians... We can get caught up in the harried, frazzled life of this season as anybody can. And in a sense, Christmas can be stolen from us if we're not careful and we stay right here. In December of 1965, 
I was 10 years old. Does that do your math? That makes me 62. December of 1965, Charles Schultz, whose infamous comic strip Peanuts was brought to life on screen through the animated movie called Charlie Brown Christmas. And most of you have, I'm sure, seen it. Um, Charlie Brown is, is, towards the end of the, the show, he just cries out with this, what is the meaning of Christmas? Now, the producers of the show, the network executives of that show in 1965 did not want this part put in. But they got overruled and Linus walks on stage with the Bible in his hand and he reads this. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And Linus looks at Charlie Brown and said, This is what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. This is what Christmas is about. Well, Father, thank you that we have something to genuinely celebrate. And that is the good news of great joy that Christ has come to earth. And Father, I pray that each person here would, would feel the, the, the truth of that and experience the joy of that and experience the peace of that, of Christ's coming, that their lives may be eternally changed. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.